You may be seated. Um, if you're age 12 and under, you can head back to Camp Pointway, where they have a lesson plan for you back there this morning. And I love my, my Pointway family. I love the, uh, the freedom, the freedom that we have here and how things uh, change and evolve. And uh, uh, sometimes they don't even tell the pastor. And then, you know what? That's okay, right? Yeah. How many songs or... We're going to have a healing time with Joe. I appreciate that as well. And, and you know what? That's great. It's great that there's that freedom that we can do that here in our worship and that we can expand on that. I also want to make mention this morning, we have someone here this morning that's dear to us, but, but Franny wanted to say thank you for all of those that, that have prayed for her. Uh, you may not know it, but about a week and a half ago, she had a, a mild heart attack, if there's such a thing. I don't know if there's a mild one or not, but, but she had a heart attack. She was in the hospital. Last Sunday, she was still there, and Monday, she had surgery, and she's here with us this morning. Drive, drove herself here, so yeah. praise God. So um, she wanted me to thank the church family for the prayers and the, the well wishes. So we do want to praise God for that. Well, this morning, I kind of have a challenge. It's a challenge for me because it's one of those topics I was telling the guys yesterday morning that I could actually do a series on, um, on forgiveness, or, and I'm going to focus on just one part of it, but really on unforgiveness. Um, so I'm going to try to do that this morning. I had promised, um, I had promised Franny, actually, that I would do that message, and I, how appropriate that she's here with us this morning, and it worked out that we can do that. Uh, and it falls on the dovetail of Colossians, right? And we talked about forgiving, right? And we're to forgive others as God has forgiven us. And that's the, the main thrust of it. But forgiveness is a, is a big, big topic. It's a big topic, especially in the New Testament. You know, forgiveness is mentioned over 150 times. And probably because God knows us well, he knows that we need a lesson on forgiveness. And this morning's message is a message I had done a while back, um, but I've actually done it several times through my ministry because, you know what, we really kind of need the reminder. And I really think, and I, and I do, I believe this, I see this often when I talk with people, unforgiveness is probably the greatest thing that hinders believers in their walk with Christ not forgiving someone else. You know, it, it causes so many problems in our walk. It hinders our relationship, not only with someone else, but it hinders our relationship with God. And so we're going to take a look at that this morning a little bit. Um, I may do a follow-up sermon uh, a few weeks later. Um, Bryce is going to preach next week for me as I'm going to be traveling to Maine and getting some lasta and some chowda and uh, enjoying some time with my dad. But I'll be here next week, obviously, with the missionaries and to see them as well. But forgiveness. So we're going to look at that. We're going to look at it through the lens of Matthew 18. Because forgiveness is one of those things, forgiveness comes when it's a sin issue. All right? Hear me when I say that. Forgiveness comes when there's a sin issue. It's not a difference of opinion. It's not a, well, this person believe something different than I do. They voted for somebody different. They have a, a different view on something. It's a sin issue. It's a biblical term. It's a believer's term. All right? Hear me in that. Because sometimes our theology gets messed up with that on forgiveness. And we, 
We think that we need to have people ask us for forgiveness for because they have a different belief system or they do something different, or we expect forgiveness from an outside world, right? The world has no concept of what forgiveness is, right? At best, you might get a, a flippant, I'm sorry, right? right? Someone bumps into you and they say, hey, oh, I'm sorry, or excuse me. But forgiveness is among the believers. And so we have to, to, to realize that because when we wait for the outside world to come and ask us for forgiveness, again, as most things, we're going to be disappointed. So that being said, the Bible's really clear on what we do with sin issues and what we do when someone sins against us. And so Matthew 18 is a, a great passage to look at that. So verse 15 in chapter 18. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. It says, If your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. All right? Step one, right? Again, it's, it's equal opportunity, right? Brothers or sisters. It's not, not gender-based, anything like that, right? Either one. We, we do it equally, right? We can all sin. But sins, and again, I inserted the older manuscripts because I think it holds true, but sins against you, right? So you got to identify, is it a sin? And is it against you? Sometimes as believers, we get caught up. We watch people, guilty of it as well, and we see them sinning and we think, oh, well, the scripture says I need to go to them, right? And, and talk to them. No, that's a different passage. That's a different situation. I really believe that Matthew 18 is for the believer, among believers, when we sin against each other. And we are to go to them, right? I will also say this, the sooner, the better. The sooner, the better, right? Because the longer you wait, time doesn't help that situation. You may need to take a breath, you may need to take a pause, but time does not help that situation. We have this phenomenon that goes on within us, uh, in our, our heads and in our, our minds, and even affects our hearts, right? The longer we wait, the more we replay that situation. And the more we become the victim, and the more the other person becomes the villain. And it just gets bigger. It mushrooms on us. It just becomes larger and larger. And so we are to go to them. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, go talk to it with uh, three of your friends, right? Don't go post it on Facebook or tweet it out, right? It doesn't say any of that, right? Just between the two of you, one-on-one. My wife is constantly reminding me, Charlie, don't message so much. You know, make those hard things, those, those deeper conversations go directly. She's a good reminder for me, right? Yeah, it'd be a lot easier just to text or tweet but, or even email. Now, I'm old enough to do email still, right? But it, it, it can lose meaning, right? You can't see the person's reflection. You can't see their face. You can't interact. If it's a sin issue, it's an important issue. And it needs to really to be done face-to-face. I would agree to that. that. That's the best way to do it. And at a good time for both of you, but as soon as possible. All right? All right, so I've laid the groundwork. So there's situations. What happens then, right? 
So, next sentence and into the next verse says, if they listen to you, you've won them over. It's a win, right? They agree that it was a sin. You worked it out, the two of you. You restored the relationship. It's a win, right? That's the best case scenario. That's what you're, you're, you're going into it for. That's what you're hoping for. That's what you want to see happen. But we've all been around long enough probably that we know that doesn't always work. That doesn't happen. So the Bible addresses that. It gives us the next step. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So again, this is a great check. It's a good check and balance, right? You've gone to them, you've gone to them and say, hey, you sinned against me, right? You can fit in the sin there, but you sinned against me. They don't listen. All right, then I need to get a couple other people that see this as a sin issue as well. See how that helps us? It helps us check our motives. It helps check, is it really a sin issue? Is this something that needs to be addressed? And the two or three others will help balance out because they're not going to be emotionally involved. Because guess what? When someone sins against us, if we can be honest, it hurts. We're, we're, we're going into it with a hurt feeling. We're, we're, we're wounded by that person. Quite often, we can't even believe that person did it to us. And so by bringing in a few other people to the situation, it brings that calmness, it brings balance. Hopefully, it brings some wisdom and some maturity as well. So it's important. That, that next step is important. Again, you've tried. It's not worked. And now we need to get some help. Also brings in humility as well, right? I need help with this situation. That, this is beyond us. We're not being able to work this out. But the relationship is important. And believe it or not, sometimes the next step. Again, hopefully they respond, they receive Best case scenario, right? And you've won them back over again, but not always. Verse 17, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. Tell it to the church, right? Safe place, people that love you, people that care, people that care about both of you, the church body as family, We matter to each other. And so hopefully the relationship is strong enough that the church sees it and, and we say, hey, you need to change. You need to go and ask for forgiveness. You've sinned against this person. Again, the hope is with all of this, each step of the way is that there's going to be restoration. The person's going to come back and they're going to realize it. But in certain situations, they refuse. And it says, if they refuse to listen to even the whole church, Treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector, right? Treat them as someone whose heart is not open. Really, in the, in the text, it's like, treat them like an, an unbeliever at this point, right? Maybe they need to be reminded of the gospel again. Maybe they need to be reminded of forgiveness, what they've been forgiven for. As I've studied this passage a long time ago, and, and I always said, this, there's a weird thing that happens here, right? This person sinned against us, us right? And this, this person's gone through all the steps. They've done everything right. 
But in the end, what happens to the person who was sinned against? Scripture doesn't really say here, right? It just, it just kind of leaves it, right? Someone sinned against me, but I'm left hurt. I'm left wounded. What do I do? This person's obviously done all these things. So my next step in this, even if I've done all the steps correctly, is to forgive them. To release that sin. To forgive. Now, I don't forgive for their benefit, right? Because it does them no good. They, they've obviously not heard it. They've not received it. They don't, they, they, they've gone through all the steps, and, and they're not listening, right? They may not even realize that they've sinned. They may be in that camp. But me, as the person who's been sinned against, I need to forgive them. And I do it for, really, for me at this point. Again, it's no benefit to them. They, 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 they don't hear. They're not listening. They've gone beyond that point. But if I don't forgive them, I'm still left holding, right? Let me give you a picture. I've already prepped him, so he already knows this, but Jesse, my number one volunteer. <laughs> Poor Jesse, I know. Jesse, you come on up? Yeah, no, no got to face the crowd. It's really, they're really good people. They're not bad. They, they, they tend not, there's no tomatoes. They don't throw anything. Um, in fact, I'm going to give you something to, to hold. So, so Jesse, say I've sinned against you, right? And we're going to use the rock as sin. I'm going to hand you the rock, right? So, and you went through all the steps, and I'm stubborn, I'm prideful, and I'm not listening to you. You, you own it, Jesse. It's, it's your your issue, not my issue, right? you know, get over it, <laughs> right? But say Jesse doesn't forgive me, right? And you hold on to that rock, right? Well, in the beginning, it's kind of small, right? Yeah, it's not too big, right? Doesn't, doesn't affect you too much, right? Jesse's a runner, right? Jesse, you like to run and you like to, right? And, and I know Runners tend to be as light as possible. Right. So they don't like to carry around extra baggage and stuff. Um, I don't run unless something bigger than me is chasing me, which there's not many of those, so I'm pretty safe that way. But I understand in running that you have to be, be light. And so you're carrying that rock, right? That wouldn't be too bad, right? But what did I say? After a time, right, it gets bigger. So, Jesse, I, I got another one for you here help you out a little bit. A little bit bigger. And you can use both your hands. It's all right. It's, it's, it, it's got a little more weight to it, right? But time's gone on. And now you're holding that rock. And it gets heavy, right? Now, Jesse, if you were running and you're holding that rock, would it be a hindrance? Massively, yeah. If you trip, right. You trip and fall, hit your head on the rock, yeah. Cause all sorts of other problems, right? right? That's right. <laughs> it's always a danger when you bring someone up and you go off, go off script if you want. No, no, we didn't script this out, right? So Jesse's carrying this rock, right? Would that rock become more of a focus for you? Yeah, right? The further you go, the longer you have, and the bigger that it is, the heavier become a focus, right? 
same thing with the, that unforgiveness that we hold on to. It becomes a bigger focus. We hold on to it longer. It hinders things, right? Would it be hard to, to pray when you had that rock holding on to it all the time? Right? How would it be to try to read God's Word? Can you pick up my Bible and read that with that? Are you going to really want to? No. Again, it's a simple illustration, but isn't it so true? Right? If we don't forgive people, the longer it goes, the bigger it gets, the more it hinders our relationship with God. Right? Now me, I'm not affected. I got no rocks. I'm, I'm doing fine. Uh, in fact, if I give you, you know, if you hold on long enough and you have enough rocks, I might even be able to beat you running. Probably not. But anyway, it's a, it's a thought. It, it would work out that way. But I'm not going to, I'm not worried about it. I'll probably even forget whatever it was that you were upset at me about because I sinned against you, right? But who's affected? And who else is affected? God, I'll help you out. Right? So you see the problem. See the problem. You can put that down now. And I don't know. I can have my sins back? Out. Ah. Well, I need to deal with them, true, but yes. But. but it's no different, folks. It really is the same. Believers that carry that unforgiveness around with them, it hurts our relationship with God. It affects us. And sadly, it doesn't affect the person that we want, right? Because really, we want to take that rock and we want... We want to beat someone over it, right? We want, to, we want to inflict pain back on that person. We want to get our restitution, or we want to be acknowledged for that. But that doesn't always happen. That, that person is no longer there. They no longer care. Sometimes I've even known where people have passed on or moved away. But I'm left holding that unforgiveness. And so that becomes a problem. Well, there is obviously ways to reconcile that, ways to deal with it. And I think these next passages help with that, and Jesus gives us that. Again, he's teaching all the way through this, and again, it's a hard concept. Like I said, it's one as believers we need to do over and over again, because guilty, I forget. Right? That Forgiveness, asking for forgiveness, releasing, forgiving that other person, whether they come to me or not, and working through that. So verse 18, and again, I believe these all go together. It says, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosened in heaven. I really believe that this is part of that forgiveness, that loosening up, Right? You know, we talked about Jesse. Once you got rid of those rocks, you would be free to go back to running again, uninhibited, able to run the same speeds and maybe even better. Same thing with our relationship, right? Once we work through that forgiveness and that process, we're able to be restored. And again, it doesn't take long either. That's the great thing. We go right back to that relationship with God and we are freed up. Verse 19, again, truly I tell you that if the two of you on earth agree about anything, then they ask for it. It will be done for them in my, by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Right? And again, I believe it's tied to this passage. And 
Don't get me started because people misquote this and go separate ways. But staying here with the context and the way it's listed, again, it's about that the goal is the restoration of the relationship between the two brothers or two sisters or the brother and sister, depending on how the sin works. But that forgiveness, right? That's a heavenly concept. That's what God desires, our relationships to be restored. And unforgiveness gets in the way of that. And it hurts. It hurts us. It hurts our relationship with Christ. I love this next verse. Peter. Peter is one of those. Peter's one of my favorite. I'll just say it. Peter's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Uh, he's impulsive. He speaks a lot of times before he thinks. But, you know, he thinks a little bit at least. And, and so I can give him that much credit. But he just blurts out. And right, he's wrestling with this concept. And so... He speaks in verse 21 here. He says, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times, right? That's pretty good, right? Seven times. A little context. In In the day, the rabbi said that you could only forgive someone five times. So Peter said, hey, I'm a little better than the rabbis, right? And, and Jesus said, all right, I'm, I'm going to go for seven, right? I'll admit that it would be difficult, and most scholars agree that we're talking about the same sin, right? Someone does something to you five times, that gets hard, right? That, that, it's going to hinder the relationship. That can be very difficult to overcome. And Peter, a little bit better, he adds two more, thinking, hey, this, this, this has got to be good, right? Jesus has been teaching about forgiveness, so I'll go up to seven, Seven times. We'll, 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 we'll go up. We'll ante up on it a little bit, right? But what does Jesus say? Jesus goes beyond that. Verse 22, he says, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Right? Astronomical, right? And again, scholars most believe it's the same sin. Right? In other words, it doesn't matter. To put it in Charlie terms, it doesn't matter. It, it, the person can keep on sinning over and over and over again against you. You have the responsibility as believers to forgive them. Plain and simple. It's not an option. But what are some of the reasons why we don't want to forgive people? What's that? Hatred? Yeah, can be hatred. What's that? Stubbornness, yeah. They don't deserve it, right? Yeah, we, we want to be judged. The other ones, you guys are dancing around some of the other answers too, but they're all, those are all good answers as well. Pride, there we go. Yeah, man, you can always, you can almost, pride's almost like the Jesus answer for, for saying, right? Because at the root of it is pride, right? Because what does it take to forgive someone? Humility, Right? And again, you can say they don't deserve it, they hurt me, it's hatred, but those are all prideful things. Especially in light of what Jesus has done for us. And again, that's the measure. That's what we, we compare it to. And even my 70 times 70, in comparison to what Christ has done for me, pales in that comparison. And it's only my pride that keeps me from doing that tough stuff. 
Not easy. And Jesus knows this is a tough concept. Jesus understands this. It's not like he doesn't know that this is going to be difficult. And so he gives a, an illustration, even better than my rock illustration, which is not hard. Jesus has got a lot of great illustrations, right? He uses a parable to illustrate it. But he gives us that right here in that same context in what's going on. So he leaves that there, and then he gives them the example. Verse 23, it says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. All right, it's a parable here. It's, again, it's got some key characters. You know, the, the king in this story is obviously God the Father, right? And again, we have a debt that we can't pay, right? That sin debt, it's overwhelming. It's more than we could ever pay back. It's not possible. We, we can't. And so that, this amount is like that. And again, as the master, the king, God here, he has mercy on us. He doesn't want to see us in bondage. And so he sent his son to die for us to make that payment in our place. Right? And oh, is he patient with us, Right? And he canceled the debt. That gives you the backstory. That's that's how much Christ loved us that he paid that debt that we couldn't pay. Some have likened the thousand of bags of gold. You know, it's like millions of dollars. It's way beyond. It's not even. It's not possible, and it's not. But we are in that indebtedness to our Savior. That's the weight of our sin. The cost of it. Verse 28, again, there's always more than one person involved, right? There's always more than one way that people look at things. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay back. Right? So again, guy's just been forgiven much. He's been forgiven everything. He's totally free of debt, yet someone owes him money, and so he goes out, and I want payment, right? I want restitution, right? Pull that back into what we just read, right? He sinned against me. I want payment, Right? I want restitution, right? He hurt me. I want to hurt him back. See how this story kind of jumps in? It kind of changes, right? Sadly, we're like this first person. We can look at it and say, man, how can he? How can he, how, how can he not have grace on this person? How can he not allow him to, I mean, it's, it's only a little bit, right? It's only a sin, which is important but it's only a sin against me and it's only temporal. 
story becomes a little bit more real. It comes a little bit more down to us, right? And so this person does ask for forgiveness or but, 30, but, there's that word again, verse 30, but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Right? It was seen. People were watching. Remember I told you about this, Matthew 18, right? It, it goes through a progression, and it goes within the church. People are watching. We all do it, right? We watch our church family. We watch out for each other. We see how our, our relationships are. We know when there's a problem in the church, and we watch. How do they react? And if our church family's not watching, guess what? Certainly the outside world is watching. I hear that often in the, you know, the coffee shop where I hang out often, and again, as we talk, right? Uh, you Christians can't even get it right half the time, right? You're always fighting, you're splitting, you're causing problems. Again, they don't have a good view of it, they're not looking at it, but we're being watched. And we are being watched on how we react with one another. Right? Great example is if someone leaves a church, one leaves one church and goes to another, you know, what was the problem? What happened? What's the reason? Was it because someone sinned against you? Or was it a preference or the way something was handled? Again, at the root goes back to usually unforgiveness. Okay, I poked the bear enough here. I'll go back to the scriptures before I get in trouble. It got awful quiet, so. All right, so it was seen, and, and again, the word gets back to the master, right? God sees it all, right? God knows exactly what's going on. Verse 32, then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Just going to stop right there, right? There is a penalty for us when we don't forgive someone. It's not only the rock, not only carrying it around ourselves, but there's a penalty because it hinders what God wants to do in us. And again, how we interact with that person is affected, obviously. It costs us way more than whatever it was that they did against us. And so with that in mind, it should help us to be quicker to forgive, right? Yet, as Joe mentioned, and it's true, our pride gets in that way. And then he wraps it up. I love it because Jesus is really good at this. He's great at, at closing and, you know, as pastors, we often talk about landing the sermon and all this. He ties it up here right perfectly with verse 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. Right? Forgiveness comes from the heart. I would also say you need to say it, certainly. But it's got to come from the heart. It's a heart check. It's a heart check. 
So, that being said, unforgiveness. Can you afford to hold on to it? Can you afford to hold on to unforgiveness? That's it. No three questions, not just, just that one question. Again, you know what to do. Scripture's given us that. You know what to do with it. Bow with me, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we've just barely touched on a tough subject this morning, Lord, my prayer is that each of us take a moment, and Lord, if there's any unforgiveness in our hearts, Lord, that we would rush to make it right. To ask forgiveness, Lord, for holding something against someone else. Lord, help us in our relationship that we grow, that we continue to love, and that we continue to grow in our relationship with you. And Lord, that you continue to keep our hearts sensitive. Lord, help us not to sin against one another. And Lord, when we do, that we are quick to ask for forgiveness. Lord, continue to do your work in and through your people and be with us, Lord, as a family here at Pointway, that we do it right and we do it according to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.